Hey, how are you? You know, um, I haven't even said anything yet. Uh, see if that holds. But, uh, man, I, I never had cool teachers like him when I was a kid. Did you? I, all my teachers hated me, but uh, I'm, sure it was, I'm sure it was their fault, too. But, hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm, glad, I'm really glad you're here, like, like here now. And uh, we're easing you into our new, like, kind of order of service and stuff. And I think you're gonna, it's going to be awesome. So uh, dig it and enjoy it. It's going to be great. Um, Hey, uh, I don't usually start like this. I feel like we should pray. So uh, is that okay? It is a church after all. And uh, so, um, yeah, let's, I don't know, do what you want to do. You can keep your eyes open, close them, stand, sit, whatever you want to do. So, uh, Father, um, we've been thinking this morning, uh, uh, we're looking at the table where the bread and the cup is there, and we're sitting together. Uh, We've talked about hope arising, and I pray that that would actually happen in our midst, that hope would, we just feel it arising in us. And I pray, Lord, uh, Lord, we pray for our, our, our state. Lord, send rain on this barren plain, Lord. God, we, we're asking for mercy on ourselves, and, uh, and uh, just open our ears to the things that you want to say to us this morning. Don't let us... Don't let us miss something that you might have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, uh, again, thanks for coming. And especially if you're new to Journey, you're always, always, always welcome here. Um, uh, if you're new or newish, I'd love to see you next week at First Steps. And uh, it, it's going to be great. We'd love to have you there. You can still sign up. I think there's, there's a lot of people already signed up, but we will fit as many as we possibly can. And uh, I don't think we've ever... We've just found bigger rooms. I don't think we've ever said you can't come, but um, we'd love to just know. Just sign up, and you can let us know today that you're in. When you came in, you uh, got a program, if I'm not mistaken, and if our cracked usher team was doing their job, which they always do. So take that out right now, and there's an outline in there that you need to have on your lap, and you can write a few things down. Um, you'll notice, if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're not new, you'll notice that on the back, it's not normal. We usually use the front and the back, and this, the back is kind of for you, and I'll explain that later. So even if you're not a note taker, you might want to have that handy, yeah? Okay? So um, we're, as you just saw in the video, Manny mentioned this, that uh, we're launching a new series today called The Language of God about how God speaks to, to people like us, right? And right away, when we get into this, if you're like most people, there's there's kind of a, a conflicting emotions that start rising, and and on the one hand, there's this there's kind of a you know like a little bit of hesitancy because the idea that God said something that God said something to somebody or a person saying well God spoke to me and said it, it's a little it's a smidge unnerving won't you agree because it's such an abused concept people have have said all. Apparently, God says some crazy, wacky things to people because you've heard people use that phrase to justify all kinds of, of weird, um, often financially profitable for them kind of things, right? And, uh, right? Am I, am I the only one that's ever experienced this? Or even, like, on a smaller scale, individual people. Like, if you've hung around churches, people coming up and saying stuff to you that supposedly God said, and it's just kind of unnerving, right? And, and there's also another thing that, that, that kind of puts water on your hope where you're thinking, really, me? I mean, come on. And so here's, here's the idea of today, if you want it in a line, or, or really the whole series. And that's this. I want to jot this down. Despite your doubts. And I know, look, 
everyone here came in with a certain number of doubts. Okay, but despite those doubts, here's what we want you to do. Would you, for the next month, like while we look at the language of God, would you be willing to dare to believe that God wants to speak to you? Just, just dare to believe it. Just, now, you don't, you don't have to change the rest of your life. I'm not asking you to fundamentally change your opinion on anything. But just, just February is a short month after all, right? It's only 28 days. So for the next, and, and one day is already down. So we got to 27 days, including today. Four hours of today, God won't be able to speak because the TV will be on too loud. But that's, that's all right, okay? And, and how many Broncos people? Anybody? Any, how many Seahawks? How many? Really? Oh, interesting. How many are like, if it's not the Chargers, I don't care? All right. And how many are like, why are you taking up valuable church time doing stuff like this? All right, good. Get you. How many of you, please stop asking me to raise your hand. I get tired of this. All right, gotcha. All right, but I, mean, I, just, I don't know. I, I didn't, that's right here in the notes. Ask them about the Super Bowl. But like for the next 26 days or so, what if we just dared to believe that, that God would speak to somebody like us? And, and so I'd like you to just, let, let's just, let me just kind of make a case and have you think about some stuff. None of it's super unfamiliar, but just kind of like work through some stuff that you might have known or understood, or maybe this is new information to you, but let's start thinking about God's plan. Like we talk about, you know, a plan that God might have for your life, God's, you know, God's will sometimes. Let's think about what God's will looks like. There's a section in the book of John, and for those of you that are new to the Bible, I sometimes try to orient you, right? So the Bible has a pre-Jesus part called, some people call it Old Testament, the Hebrew part, and a post-Jesus part, written in Greek, the New Testament. And the post-Jesus part starts with, with the gospel, and it's, it has four takes on the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in the fourth one, John, it's sometimes called, the, by nerds mostly, the gospel of discourse, because there's so many, like John get, doesn't try to outline the story. He kind of assumes you sort of know the story, have heard the story, like the, the basic Jesus did this, Jesus did this. But he goes into these long teachings of Jesus, these, these at-length discussions. There's several of those in John. And the longest one is given on the, on, you could call it, it wasn't called this then, Good Friday Eve, the night before Good Friday. The, some people call it Monday Thursday, right? Anybody ever heard of that term if you grew up in the church? But uh, on that Thursday, Jesus gives us the new mandato, or the, if you speak Spanish, the mandamiento, the new commandment to love one another, right? So that night, Jesus goes into what life will be like in the new reality, they're totally having a hard time getting their head around it, right? Because all they've known about Jesus is, is like, he's here, I'm here, we're eating together, we're hanging out. Everything I do, he's like physically standing there going, yeah, that's it, do that. Okay, no, no, say it like this. Oh, come on, can't you guys believe? Let's get in a boat together. Now he's, he's talking about going away. He's talking about this, this thing we're living right now. It's like starting Easter, you know, really starting Good Friday, but really on Easter, everything's going to be different. And here's the thing. Jesus said, you know, and, and like, just like if, if you can put yourself in their place, he said, sadness has filled your heart. He says, but let me explain to you what this is like. I'm just going to pull three sentences out of there. It's, it's John 13 through 17, if you want to ever read it on your own, which would be a great idea. But here's a couple of just lines out of this. Jesus says in John 14, 
Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my, father's, my, and my father will love him. We will come to him. Notice this. My father and I, we will come to him and take up residence. Here's a huge word. With him. See, God's plan looks like a lot like this. With. How with? How, God will take, Jesus and the Father take up residence with you. They make a house with you. That's literally in Greek, it's kind of a clunky phrase. It's like, we will come and we're going to make ourselves a house in you. Like, he, that's how with, how with is he? Well, he's so with you. God says, we're going to like, like just kind of hang out here. We're, we are going to be with you. God's plan looks like with you. And later on in that same discussion, Jesus says, no longer do I call you slaves. The slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. See, friends. I've called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my father, I make known to you. I'm letting you in on the inner stuff between me and the father. You talk about being in an exclusive club, right? The stuff that Jesus and the father talk about, he says, I'm going to let you in on that. So we're talking, here's what God's plan looks like. It looks like with, and it looks like friends. And then it looks like one more thing Jesus says in John 16, but I tell you the truth, it is better. This one, to be to be perfectly frank, this is the hardest one for me to get my head around. I find it hard to think anything could be better than walking around doing life with Jesus. But he says to us, this, this what we're doing is actually going to be better for you guys. That I go away. For if I don't go away, this now he introduces this paraclete person. This uh, paracle, it's super, super hard to translate in English because it has like a bunch of ideas. There's, um, there's a there's a legal aid idea, like a paraclete, like a novel goggle, like a lawyer almost. There's a guy that speaks on your behalf. There's, this, there's a, a helping friend. I mean, there's a bunch of like rich ideas in this word. And this, this guy's coming, this paraclete, this the Holy Spirit. If I don't leave, he's not coming. And, and, and when I come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you, which he's done. So it looks like better. Whatever, whatever we, they had going, Jesus says, listen, here's what it's like. I'm with, I am so with you. I am so with you that, that like my house is in you. Where does, where does God live anyways? Not at church. You know, this is not God's house. But like now it is. But, but this is not like God's like, you got to come here to visit God. I, I mean, you can, but, but he also lives there and there and here and there. And even back there with some of you guys, right? And, he's your, and he calls you a friend. Can you imagine a friend that gets together and doesn't speak to you? A friend that says, I tell you what, here's a book. Uh, read, study, and uh, see you later. What I mean by later is when you die. <laughs> so we'll see you then, all right? So uh, do your best. Well, what kind of friend would that be? I mean, that might be a king, a general, whatever, but not a friend, right? Friends, notice Jesus said friends disclose stuff. And that whatever this comes out, however it shakes out, it's actually better. So kind of when you think about, well, man, can I dare to believe that God wants to speak to me? Well, think about the, the nature of God's plan, like the kind of plan this is, right? And then how about God's nature itself? Not just the nature of his plan, but the nature of who God is. <clears throat> if you want to go all the way to the beginning, like when the Bible starts telling us about who God is, like you can't go any further back than Genesis, right? Now, I throw that verse up there. And look at Genesis. You'll notice what chapter it's in. That's what the number before the colon is. The chapter is chapter one. Guess what chapter is before that? 
None. There aren't any. That's as far back as you can go. And we're only three lines in, two sentences in Hebrew in, and we're like, here we go, right? And notice it says, then God said. The first verb of God acting in the Bible is God setting. He speaks, right? It is, then God said, let there be order, let there be light. And there was light. And what does light do? It reveals. It illuminates. See, the nature of this, the kind of God that is, the, Bible, the kind of God that, that the Bible talks about is a God whose nature it is to speak and reveal. The very first thing you know about God is the first verb that is applied to God after he creates is this, God said. And the first thing God says is, I want there to be light. And what does light do? It brings, it reveals, it reveals. And it begins starting, but it reveals who God is. So let's think about this. Is it safe to believe that God might speak to you? How safe is it to believe that? Well, this is the plan that he says he has. And here's his nature. And then think about this. There's an idea that you'll sometimes hear from some quarters um, that... That basically, God gives you the Bible, and we, we are. And if you hang around Journey, you know, even right now, you can tell we're pretty pro Bible around here, right? Believe it, love it, right? All this stuff. But that He gives you the Bible and says, you know, just do your best, study, think, there, and all. And we're pro that, right? But let's, when you actually read what's in the Bible, what kind of life does the Bible itself portray? Like, how does it portray, like, as you read the Bible, what does it sound like? The kind of God-man interaction, God-woman interaction. Let's look at God's book, right? It portrays a God who will use almost any means to communicate to people. And, and I almost left out the word almost there. God will use uh, almost any means. I was just uh, taking off some of these in my head. I was thinking, for example, well... I just did this on Friday. Throw that up there. Well, there's a sense of his presence. Sometimes there's this, in the scholarly circle, they call this this numinous sense. Some of you have had this. this these moments where it just feels like there's, you're not alone. Like there's a very thick sense of a presence. Sometimes it's unnerving that God uses that. There's this, these quasi-human visitor types, theophanies. There's a story with Abraham even. And there's a bunch of these in the Bible where, where it says, and it starts off saying, and there's these three persons came to visit Abraham. And he, you know, like kills the goat and does what they do back then. A lot of dead animals and people showed up at your door. <laughs> Hopefully they find the wrong address. Oh, man, my goat got bought it for nothing. But anyways, uh, you know, and he... Uh, but all of a sudden, it's very clear these aren't just dudes. They're not just guys passing through. They're, that, that God himself has shown up. These are, those are called theophanies. There's dreams, trances, visions that people have. You know, and I, in my mind, when I was writing this down, I was just work, I'm like just working my way through Genesis. I mean, we're not even out of Genesis yet. Providential circumstances. Wild circumstances that you go, whoa, if I wouldn't have done that in this exact moment, then I would have never heard that. And then this, you, you've all had those, haven't you? Where you go, whoa, whoa, something that, that there's too many coincidences there for it to be a coincidence. And burning bushes, you might have heard of that one. Miracles and judgments, prophets, inspired songs and poems, the voice. That's, we're going to talk about that next week. Not the TV show, but like the, the, the cold, the mama, the, the, the still small voice of God sometimes. And, and, you know, for those of us that like 
our God respectable. You know what I mean? Like we, we like to be, we like our God on respectable terms. We like respectable religion, respectable God, you know? You're not going to like the Bible, to be frank, you know? You know, you're, sometimes the God of the Bible is the neighbor that yells out where everyone can hear. You know what I mean? The neighbor that the, everybody else in the neighborhood goes, God, they're loud. You know what I mean? Those, some of you are like, oh, I am that guy. <laughs> well, so yeah, good for you. You're, you and God are a lot alike. I mean, there's, it does, it gets weird. It's like God, when I say God will use almost any means to communicate, he, it gets weird sometimes. My favorite and funniest to me, funniest weird one, yeah, you might have heard of this, is the, there's a, there's a, a prophet, and it's his, his origin is weird, and his name is Balaam, all right? And, uh, and I won't go into the background of the story, but this, this other guy named Balak, he wants to hire the prophets to curse the children of Israel because he's afraid of them as they're coming out of Egypt. And, and he says, I need, a, I need a man of God to put a whammy on these guys, all right? So clearly his theology is not super evolved or whatever, but so he calls, he calls the Balaam, and Balaam says, well, that's not how God rolls. He likes Israel. But then he ups the price, and so Balaam says, well, maybe a little curse won't hurt. And so off he goes to go, and they're going to stand on this hill and look where they're camping, and, and you know, I don't know, like, you know, but I don't know exactly what he expected to have happen, but he hired this guy to happen. So, so, so Balaam is, mounts his donkey, and, uh, or if you'd like the older translations, his ass. And uh, um, we almost put the King James Version in here just so we could have the word ass on the screen, but um, we're, we're too mature for that. So uh, anyways, so, we, uh, so he's riding this donkey, and they're heading to this hill to, to stand there with the king, the, you know, this guy to curse the children of Israel, right? This, this tribal thing. When the donkey, and somehow the donkey sees, the donkey figures this out before Balaam, that this is not a good idea, right? So apparently he's not a dumb ass. So uh, the donkey saw the angel, I'm just saying, um, it's right in the Bible. Don't, if you don't like it, save the comment cards, just write, write the Lord, it's right in there. When the, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So, like, there, the story goes that first, the donkey keeps seeing the angel of the Lord standing in the way like this, you know. And so the donkey is trying to avoid this. And so he's, like, Balaam's leg is getting, you know, up against the, the wall of a vineyard or in the brush or whatever. And, and it's like kind of an out-of-control animal here. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. Laid, she laid down on her Balaam so that Balaam was angry and started beating the donkey with his stick. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and said, and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you've struck me these three times? Then Balaam, the funny thing is, he answers the question. I'll tell you what you did. I was like, what? Instead of going, whoa, he's like, well, let me just tell you right now what you did. You're lucky I don't have a sword in my hand. I would have just killed you, right? That's like, all I'm saying is this. God will go to almost any means to communicate to people. Stuff that you go, oh, this is weird. I, I'm too sophisticated. You know, this, I wish this stuff wasn't in the Bible. It's kind of weird. It's like, it's kind of like that uncle you have that you wish wasn't related to you. I mean, this, this, like the Bible says, God's really apparently passionate. So maybe, maybe it's okay to dare to believe that God could speak to you. Um, this might be, this is among, and I, there's so many 
my favorite quotes from Dallas Willard. It's a book that, this is the best book that I've ever read on hearing God. And it's the, his most accessible book, like his most, most readable book. If you don't like reading, you, you might like this book called Hearing God. I just, I think this is so beautiful. The idea of hearing from God, Dallas said, is finally determined by who God is and what kind of being we are and what a personal relationship between ourselves and God should look like. Understanding how God speaks to us should be sought only as a part of a certain kind of life, a life of loving fellowship with the king and his other subjects within the kingdom of heaven. Listen to the next one, it gets even better. So union with God, his presence with us in which our aloneness is banished. Wow, that's, that's powerful right there. And the meaning and full purpose of life, of human existence, is realized. Consists chiefly in conversational relationship. You should write that down in your notes, even though there's no space for it. That's what this series is about. That's what life is about. Conversational relationship with God. While we are engaged as his friend and co-laborer in the affairs of the kingdom of the heavens. Look at that. Is that that's just cool. Bam, isn't it? Aloneness is banished, and the meaning and full purpose of life, of human existence, is realized, consists chiefly in conversational relationship with God. Listen, God speaking to you is not the deluxe version of this life. It's not like, well, yeah, I'd like to be a Christ follower, and, you know, but uh, how much extra do I got to pay to get the whole where God t- speaks to me thing? Or, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. I don't jeez, I just don't, don't like that. Listen, this is what it is. Listen, this is what life is. This is where you realize the reason you exist. This is where you realize, like, what it is that you were created for is the voice of God. So how does this work? I mean, if, if that's what it is, and it is, I will put that quote on our website this week on my blog, so. So how does this work? Here's like, here's some foundational and fundamental things just to like get us going. Like, okay, all right, I'm sold. I'm in, right? So how does this work? Well, God speaks to us through, just some ideas here, speaks to us through creation. Think of this as the Father. God speaks to us through creation. Uh, We couldn't fit all the passage on, so some of it will be on your outline and some will be on the screen. Because, here's Paul in Romans, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. When we talk about creation, God speaking to us through creation, where we start is this, this creation here. God has made it evident within them. Notice in this case, Paul refers to them. This isn't just for Christ followers. This isn't for people that have, that have trusted Jesus and have a connection with him. God has made himself evident within every person. God has made it evident to them For since the creation of the world, this is on your outline too, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes and his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. That's kind of an interesting kind of paradox, isn't it? Invisible attributes are seen. Here's how they're seen. They're, They're seen through that which is made. They're understood through that which has been made. So they're without excuse. See, the creation itself, both internally, this thing that God has left inside of you, and also externally has revealed that there is a God, that he, that he and even some of his attributes, 
starts within and it works its way out. See, creation all around us, the beauty, the, the detail, the, the complexity, the, the, the synchronicity, it's just amazing. One, one of these, like, like my favorite memory of this, we, uh, we vacation in uh, like every year in uh, Carmel, California, you know where that is, up by Monterey? We have a hookup with a house of a friend of ours up there. And uh, when, when you get a halfway decent day, the sunset in Carmel is, there's, I don't think there's anywhere in the world that I've seen that's quite like it. It's just breathtaking. So one day, you know, you can tell if it's going to be a clear day, you know, people start heading down to the beach. And if you've ever been there, the beach, the, like, you know, in that area, the mountains essentially go down to the ocean. That's kind of like how it works. And so the beach is, there's a big hillish thing, like with this beautiful white sand. And so one day, right at the end of Ocean Street there downtown, there's all these people gathered, and blankets, and people had baskets, and wine, and stuff, and they're just hanging out, and it's all like, it's kind of like an old drive-in, only we're all there to see the sunset. There's probably 200 people, at least, all spread out all over the beach to watch the sunset, and, and it was just, it was on. I mean, it was like showtime, and God was like, all right, you know, watch this, <laughs> and, uh, and it was just there, and the kelp beds, and, and Point Lobos out there, and oh, it was just like, just, and when the sun finally went down, Everybody spontaneously broke into applause. I mean, it was so awesome. And I thought, surely this isn't it's a church service, right? What, what are they applauding? Here's the deal. It's clearly seen. There, the Father was on display. God speaks to us through creation. The, the, God speaks to us through the word. Think of Father. Think, if you think of Father when it comes to creation, think of the Son, the word. You probably have heard of the verse, if you've been around, if you're not, let me tell to John, the book I was referring to earlier, says in, it begins like this, in the beginning was the word, the logos, the, 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 the communication, the word, and the word was with God, the word was God, and it's talking about Jesus, he became flesh. Hebrews starts off with this unbelievably crazy sentence, an awesome sentence, God, after he had spoke Long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways. Boy, that's an understatement. I mean, we just reviewed some of those. And um, in the language that the guy was writing in, see that many portions in many ways? That's how he starts the sentence. And in uh, like, somewhat like Spanish, this language, word order isn't the main thing. And, but word order is used to emphasize. So he starts off like this. Many ways, many times, many portions, God has spoken to us. But, look at this, in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the world. The world. This is the definitive, the ultimate word. You, you interpret all other words through this word right here. Anything that anyone ever says to you, that you or even as you read the Bible yourself, as you read it and go, here's, what you, here's your center is Jesus. How does that sound like Jesus? Does that sound like Jesus? All right, then I need to either understand Jesus better or understand this better. It's to, and notice, and this isn't on your outline, notice what it, what it says about Jesus. And this Jesus guy is the radiance of his kabod, of his glory, of his worth. Jesus, like, puts a, you know, when you think of, of glory, you, see, you sometimes think of, you know, like luminescence, right? With that particular sound effect. That's what I think. You know, and there's some of that idea in glory, but the main idea is of kavod is weight, worth, 
And Jesus displayed to us the worth of God. Like that he is so worth it. That he's even better than you possibly could think. If you, as bet, the, if you stretch and think, could God be that good? He's better by a lot than that. That's what Jesus showed us. And he is the exact, this is just, this is crazy talk and beautiful talk. He is the exact, see it on the screen? The exact representation of his nature. That's exactly who God is. And I don't know about you, I think that is awesome news. That that's what God is like. Can you live with that? That he's like Jesus? I think that's really cool. And not only that, he upholds everything by his hand. And he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. He's got this. So the scripture, listen, the Bible says, I would jot this word down too by the side of this. We talk about the word, we're talking about Jesus, and the scripture is how we know Jesus. The scripture reveals Jesus to us. The Bible says all scripture is breathed out by God himself. And this word, this, this book, this Bible thing, really it's books, right? Not a, it's not one book, it's a bunch of books. This word, it's, it's like, the Bible, God says it's living and active. So, so think of it like this. When you think of the Bible and Jesus and all that, think of the Bible and, and, and Jesus as both filter and foundation. It's how you like, you could use it, you can think of it as the filter of, of your thoughts about God. Like is, does this measure up? There's a lot of things we think about God that is just, is just unworthy of God. That, that where, where God is a little too much like us. A little too annoyed. Like, you know, like, we get annoyed. And we, like, somehow think, yeah, God must really be annoyed. Well, no, he's not like us, right? And it's the foundation. Like, so that's how you, every other word, it's how you evaluate it. It's, it's <clears throat> listen to this. One of the reasons it's important to, to just be shaped by the Bible itself is this is where you learn the types of things that God might say. You know how when you really get to know somebody, and they start talking, you, you know, like you can kind of already know what they're going to say. And you got to be careful because you stop really listening. But you know, you know how this is. You kind of know. They're, they're like, likely to say, or something gets back to you. Hey, so-and-so said this. And you know them well enough to go, I don't, I don't know what you heard. I'm telling you, they didn't say that. No, no, no. And you go, look, I've known them 20 years. They did not say that. Right? You, have you ever known somebody that well? See, that's, that's how it is with God. Where you know the types of things that he might say. There's other voices in your head. There's other voices in this world where people, and you can say, yeah, I know God pretty well. I'm pretty sure that's not what he said. And, and not only that, listen, there's this other thing that goes on. Where since the, the Bible says about itself that it's living and active, you actually meet, like you and God, this is where you, you can meet him there, hang out with him there. It's like, hey, where do you want to meet? Let's meet right here. Let's meet in Psalm 30. Let's meet in John 50, that dialogue that, of John. Let's meet there. Does that make sense? So how does this work? Well, God speaks through creation, through the word, and through the spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Father, notice the Trinitarian thing here, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This, we're going to talk a lot about this in the coming weeks, next week particularly, so you might not want to miss that. I wouldn't if I were you. But there's a zillion places. I, I, this is the one that I just have the most affection for. Romans 8, it says this. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now in this case, 
This is, you can't always do this, but gram, grammatically you can. You can do this with this verse. Look at it. It's on your outline. I believe this line is on the outline, right? You could take this. Everybody who's a son of God, a child of God, who's connected with Jesus, who's been welcomed to Jesus through an act of faith in which they trust Jesus, they're being led by God. This is what you, you can like say, God, this is, this is what I get as your kid. I get to be led by you. This is not just for the elite. It's not just for the pros. It's not just for the professional like Christ followers for pastors and prophets and, and popes and stuff. Hopefully they're led by God too. Uh, every now and then they are. But here's the thing. This isn't just for them. It's for every child of God. You can be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God can lead you. For all who have received, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. This one of, the, one of the things that makes some of us hesitant in this, like, in this whole area of God speaking to us is we're afraid of what God might say to us. Because it's like, oh, I know if, if I give God time to speak, man, yeah, I'm sure God does want to speak to me. I have no doubt he wants it. I'm sure he has a few choice words for me, right? Here's two words coming at you. Um, I'm sure, like, no, listen, you have not received a spirit of slavery there's we'll talk more about this next week but there's stuff that god can say to you that that in the mouth of anybody else would really destroy you but somehow he says it in a way that you go thank you sir may i have another (laughs) that's like it's this wonderful thing where god can say anything to you and when you know it's god because it's like yeah yeah it's never harsh it's never like a boss talking to a lowly employee or worse yet, a slave owner talking to a slave. The Spirit himself testifies, he swears that we are children of God. There's a book we've read as a staff team. A guy, a Quaker guy named Thomas Kelly said this. He says, there, deep within us all, there's an amazing inner sanctuary of the soul a holy place, a divine center is speaking, a voice to which we may continually return. Eternity is, in, is at our hearts, pressing our time-torn lives. I just want you to just think about it, visualize that for a second. Eternity is kind of pressing in on you going, hey man, come on, let's connect. Warming us with intimations of an astounding destiny calling us home unto itself. See, that's, that's, what's, that's what's on the table. Does that sound tasty or what? I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. So here's how we get started. Number one, try this. Let's drop the unbelief. We get started by dropping our unbelief. The main reason that people go years, months, weeks, even days or hours. The main reason you don't hear from God is unbelief. The main reason I don't hear from God is unbelief. And beware, because unbelief masquerades itself in many ways. And two of the most common are uh, the little me unbelief. You know, and this is, this is what you could call faux humility. You know, a little fake humility. Uh, you know, I'm just this humble Christian. I'm not like you, Ed. You know, I don't, I don't know the Bible that well. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm just this regular person. And I know God speaks to you. And you know what that is? 
That's pride. That's arrogance. That's saying, well, you know, I can do my life without God's voice. I know you need it, because you're, but the life God's given me, I, I think I can do it. With, I don't need to hear from God. You know, that's, that's arrogance. That's not humility. That's arrogance. <laughs> Did I just hurt your feelings? Some of you are like, wow, you just called me arrogant. Well, if the, if the flip-flop fits, <laughs> open a bottle with it. But, uh, you know, <laughs> see, it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? And the other, the other arrogance is, or the other unbelief is, is, the, is the, really? Nah, I, that wasn't God, was it? Was that God? Nah, it could have been. Couldn't have been. No, that's, that's also unbelief. So we start by daring to believe. Just like we like started the message, this is how we get started. Number two, deciding I want to hear from God and, ready, that I'm willing to learn how. This is not a yes or no. This is not a some have it and some don't. This is a do you want to hear from God? And are you willing to learn how to do this? Hear this really clearly. I'm going to say this again several times. Jason will say it again. Hearing from God is learned behavior. You learn to hear from God. It's not a yes or no. It's not a some got it and some don't. Hearing from God is learned behavior. You can learn how to do this. Or you cannot learn how to do this. It's kind of like surfing when people say, well, yeah, we like to go surfing with all you journey guys and stuff. It's like, here's the first step in learning to surf. Decide that you're going to learn to surf. That's the thing. Just decide you're going to learn how to do it. And then just say, I'm not quitting until I learn how to do this. You can learn to hear from God. We have all kinds of ways. And we're going to talk about that this, this week. Number three. In fact, I think in one of our classes, that's, we're going to talk about that in the next class, in the healing class. Number three is, uh, let me give you the verse, and then I'll give you the, uh, then I'll talk to you about the, the fill-in, because otherwise you're, I'll lose you. Um, I know how you are. <laughs> so, you have a, we have a long history of this, right? Fill in, put stuff away, brain is already thinking about getting to the bathroom before everybody else. I, I get it, I know who you are. All right, so, uh, all right. So, here's Jesus, again in John, and he says, and in this particular chunk of John, there's this whole running analogy of shepherd and sheep. And this is where Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. You know, you've heard of this. So he says, but you don't believe because you're not my sheep. There's this kind of weird chicken and the egg discussion Jesus is having here. Where are you his sheep because you believe or you believe because you're sheep? It's like, and it's over your head. It's over my head. It's over anybody's head. But the point is, he's talking to these people. He goes, well, you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. But my sheep... That'd be us. Uh, If you've trusted Jesus, that's you, or it can be you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. See, notice that that those two things are together. We talk about being Christ followers here. Well, that that hearing his voice and following him go together. It's really hard to follow somebody that won't talk to you, right? Especially if they're invisible, right? So, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. And no one can snatch them out of my hand. That's, this is what eternal life looks like. But notice how he starts this. You don't believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. Say that with me, those words. My sheep hear my voice. One more time. My sheep hear my voice. Now I want you to read that and just put your name in there. Ed hears his voice. 
Here's the deal. There is a word you can say that is from God, that God is trying to say to you. Here's the cool thing about it. This isn't like a secret word in a cave or in the top of the Himalayas or Himalayas or uh, this isn't like uh, you don't have to cross the ocean and find a monastery and there it is. There's a word. The Bible says it's already in your mouth. God's already put it there and it's, it's already on your tongue right now. There's a word so near you, it's, God's already put it in your mouth. And this word opens the floodgates of communication with God. Anyone want to take a wild guess what that word is? You know it. It's Jesus. It's the word that opens the floodgates, which is why it made total sense to us to say, let's start here at the table. If we're going to talk about the language of God, let's start at the table. And so here's how we're going to do this. Take your outline and flip it over, and you'll notice that there's just lines there. So can I have you bow your heads, if you don't mind, and open your eyes, just so like, you can see what's on your lap, the outline thing, the lines. You got it? Pretty simple. Just put the outline on your lap, bow your head, keep your eyes open. Now, invitation number one. If you've never said that word that opens the floodgates. Now, now look, I get it. I know you've said it. I know you've, you've had ex- different movements back and forth towards God. But if you, if you have called on the name of Jesus, I mean, if you, want, if you have, you know you have. He gives eternal life to you. You possess it. You know it. You know it. If you're not sure, then there's a good chance that you, you haven't said it. You haven't said his name like that, like that way of saying it, where you call on the name of the Lord. So the invitation number one is you use that line and you, that little journaling space. You can write if you want or you can just say it. Just say, okay, Jesus, I am calling on your name right now. I want that. I want to be your sheep. I want to hear your voice. I want conversational relationship with you. And then as you go to the table, here's the word that's on your lips. Jesus, I'm calling on you. Jesus, I'm calling on you. Invitation number two. Those of you that have called on the name of Jesus and you're sure that you have, there's a prayer on the outline. See it? It's from Samuel. We're going to... This is the passage we're going to look at next week. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. As you go to the table, why don't you have that prayer just kind of over and over in your head. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So as we begin to worship, you can, whenever you feel like you would like to, you go to the table and you get the bread and the cup. You Take it whenever you'd like. But, but I'd encourage you to maybe look at the, maybe write down. If, as you say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Maybe write a few things down that says, I think, God, could this be you? Maybe this is you. Maybe there's a line from one of those verses you go, that's, 
That's for me. So let me pray for us. Why don't we stand? So I speak over this uh, group of my friends. I say this, Lord. Your sheep hear your voice. And they follow you. They just do. And you give eternal life to them. Listen, and you will never perish. And their father who has given them to you is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of his hand. So as people firmly in your hand, Lord, first of all, those that aren't, Lord, help them to enter in right now. Just call in the name of Jesus. And for the rest of us, Lord, we just pray, speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Send us to your table, Lord, just with ears ready to hear your voice. Amen.